Welcome to Alphabet Flight, an encyclopedic Marvel journey where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper and with me today is Taylor. Oh, we almost got it. Taylor. Crap. We need to to make that one name. Not two that sounds almost the same. One. We need to simplify names so I could say them easier. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, um, today we're going to be talking about Dr. Carl Malice. Malice! Mm, do, you know, do you know anything about Dr. Carl Malice? No, but he sounds like he would be a rival to Dr. Doom. Not necessarily. I mean, that's, that's, what, I, that's what my first instinct is from that. No. Uh, what do you think? What do you think uh, he looks like? What do I think he looks like? Uh, I think he's gonna wear like the doctor outfit, but instead of like the white, the white scrubs and stuff, it's gonna be black. Oh, so close! It's white. Um, here's what he looks like. He looks like an evil white dude. Oh yeah, literally, he looks like just. A dude in old-timey white doctor scrubs and a creepy mask and a bull haircut. Guess what his real name is? Uh, Carl Malice? You got it. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't need it. Uh, No, look. He was born Carl Malice and he had a series of decisions to make. And one of them was be a supervillain. Well, one of them was... Well, he had nominal destiny going for him. You know. It's like when, like, a Arctic explorer's name, last name is, like, Snowman or something like that. Yep. You know, you just have to. Uh, he had no choice in that. Yeah. Had no choice, because, you know, that's why whenever you name your kid Winner McWinnerstein, yep. they they become a world-class a- athlete who always wins. I mean, people don't know that, which is why we don't have a world-class athlete named Wiener McWinnerstein. (laughs) Although people, although kids would probably call him Wienerstein, and that's probably why they didn't name him that. His occupation is former surgeon, now criminal research scientist. Um, His place of birth is Mudbutt. (laughs) It might be Mudbutt, but it has B-U-T-T-E, so it's Mudbutt. South Carolina. And his group affiliation is he is an employee of Power Broker Inc. Did they just create a group that would exist to sell powers to other groups? Yeah, exactly. Do do you know anything about the Power Broker? No, but this sounds like exactly what I would create for a villain of like, oh yeah, all he does is sell powers to other, like, to bank robbers of like, oh yeah, you want to rob something, but Captain America's in town? Here's the ability to become intangible. That's literally what they do. Like, it, yep. it's actually really interesting. Uh, I like it. I like it as an idea because it's kind of how you get a lot of like the third rate supervillains. Yeah. Uh, and it's really interesting. Also, like, uh, do you know anything about the uh, the unlimited, unlimited weight class uh, division uh, wrestling uh, in the Marvel universe? It's basically where like. People like the thing, like the thing fought. I mean, wrestled in there for a while, and like other like super big dudes with like 
super strength. It's basically like wrestling for like super strength people. Or like and really big people. So um but like the power broker is behind some of that as well. Oh, okay. He basically gives a bunch of dudes like super strength. And other powers. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, so <laughs> But I but I, I like I like the idea of the power broker a lot, so yeah, it's a cl- it's an interesting concept. And honestly, it's less preposterous than something like the Secret Empire, which is the reason why Nixon killed himself in Marvel Comics. It's canon, by the way. Nixon shot oh, himself in the Oval Office after people found out he was in the Secret Empire. So his base of operations is the Los Angeles area, and his first appearance was Spider Woman, number thirty. Come into my parlor, said the fly. In September what? 1980. Okay. And apparently, on the cover, this Marvel comic could be worth two hundred. I mean, two thousand five hundred dollars to you. It was for a shopping spree. Yeah, it's a Toys R Us shopping spree as well, which would totally fly today because you know Toys R Us is totally not going out of business. He was fascinated by the subject of superhuman powers since the first time he read a super. Uh, since he first time he read a newspaper about the Fantastic Four. Upon graduating with a degree in biology from the University of UCLA, uh, I mean, sorry, UCLA, I should just say yep. that, because it's really hard to say University of California at Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, it's UCLA. Yeah, UCLA. Um, he applied for various institutions uh, for the grants for a grant to study supernormal uh, capacities in depth and unable to get any funding through legal means, he went to certain wealthy uh, investors in the Los Angeles underground. He, they set him up with a laboratory facility with the agreement that they could exploit the fruit of his research. Malice immodestly called his facility the Institute for Super, Super, Supranormality research, despite the fact that he comp- he comprised its entire staff. The underworld provided him with human test subjects to experiment upon. Most of them comprised of individuals of the mob sought uh, that sought to liquidate, aka you know murder. Um, none of his early test subjects survived his various uh, experiments. And he eventually found an individual who already had superpowers who he can study. And then he found a number of special toxins and other chemical-based weaponries, which he sold to Los Angeles criminals such as the Enforcer, which we will talk about in the Book of the Dead, once I get to those, after I'm done with talking about the living people in Marvel. <laughs> he first uh, first recorded uh, encounter with a superhuman being encountered when the criminal... Fly sought out the malice to bolster his waning powers, who is also dead. He sent, <laughs> he sent uh, the Fly to steal some special equipment, but the theft led to Fly into a battle with the original Spider-Woman, who is the current Spider-Woman now, Jessica Drew. Malice determined to transfer the power of Spider-Woman's... Uh, of Spider-Woman into the power of into the fly. He lured her into his laboratory by stealing the comatose body of Wonder Woman's then partner criminal criminologist Scott McDowell. 
It was stricken by one of the Enforcer's toxic bullets. Then Spider-Woman defeated the fly, and uh, Malice offered to resuscitate McDowell in exchange for lenient treatment. Then, like, McDowell extracted the fly's blood and injected it into McDowell. And then um, he started developing the fly superhuman powers. Oh, this is... I am loving this character, actually. <laughs> the more I read about him. Um, then McDowell donned a uh, costume Malice anonymous, anonymously sent him, and for several days wore it, calling himself the Hornet. Uh, he wanted the uh, he wanted McDowell to capture Spider Man. I mean Spider Woman for a uh, study, but it failed, and he returned back to normal. Oh, then Jack Russell, Werewolf at Night, or I guess at this point called Werewolf, uh, contacted him, uh, hoping to curb his rampage as where uh, the Werewolf are the three nights of the ma- uh of the full moon. He instead placed a control collar, which enabled him to force the werewolf to battle Spider-Man. I mean, woman. I keep on wanting to say Spider-Man. Sorry. I keep I call I call Spider-Woman more by Jessica Drew. I just like her more as Jessica Drew. It's well, Miss Pac-Man syndrome, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, he also did had a similar device for uh, Craven the Hunter, Sounds which. Right. Um, which Craven used on Tigra. Ooh, that is even... Mm, I don't know why I re- reacted worse to that one, because it's bad for both. But Tigra... Tigra was... Uh, had a control collar put on her. By Craven the Hunter. Well, I, he's a bad guy, so... You're not supposed to <laughs> root for him. <laughs> Werewolf by a Night inflicted uh, wounds upon himself to kind of get rid of the control. That he had over him. And then Malice served a short sentence and then was paroled. And then he returned doing the same thing. The dancer Daddy Longlegs, who ingested some growth formula invented by um, Henry Pym, uh, sought Malice's help to cure him of his freakish conditions. I want to talk about Daddy Longlegs for a moment. I want to see. Because he didn't pop up in the D's, so... Oh, he was a 15-foot-tall man. Um, yeah, he was 15-foot-tall after ingesting some of the uh, uh, pin particles. And now he's normal-sized, and he can became an ally of Spider-Woman. Oh, he went from 4'6 four, uh, four, to 15, and then to 5'10". So he went from short to freakishly tall to normal. <laughs> oh, an unusual feature. Pre-cure, he had extremely long legs and arms. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Honestly. Um, he gave uh, Eric Jolston, the original Power Man, new powers after he lost his powers uh, in the first place. And he gave Jolstein the... Uh, the PIM growth compound in addition to his strength augmenting treatment. And um, then he became the Goliath. Which was who turned big, basically. And um, then he had another test subject 
where it was an ex who was an ex convict by the name Antonio Rodriguez, who ingests who requested Malice's help to cure his wife of an undiagnosed ailment. Um, Malice agreed if Rodriguez would submit himself to treatment, then he transferred genetic material. Oh, I talked about him before. Okay. Oh, yeah. he he's the armadillo. Oh right. And he also used the armadillo to free Goliath from the West Coast Avengers. And then after after a short term in prison, um, he was contracted by Power Broker Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, who creates like superhuman, who creates like superhuman manpower to various clients, basically making professional professional uh, hench supervillains. Yep. And uh yeah, he agreed to work for the con- uh for the company in return of getting out of jail, and then he kind of just continues to do stuff for him. Yeah, all this sounds correct. Yeah. He's uh 5, he's 59, weighs 155. Mm-hmm. Uh has brown eyes and black hair. Um he's not a, he's not a tough boy because he doesn't do, do a lot of exercise. And he's, like, real good with genetic manipulation and radiology. Of course. And chemistry. So, yep. Uh, I like him a lot. I mean, not for what he does, but, you know, as a character. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was also in, um, he was also in, uh, Jessica Jones, season two. Aha. Not as an evil guy, though. As, like, a hippie geneticist who does, who did evil things through the guise of being super excited about science. Yeah. Like a misguided scientist, let's say that. I'm just too excitable. Yeah. I'm like a puppy. I'm like a puppy who gives people superhuman powers. Yeah. Well, I I strap people down and inject them with chemicals that might kill them. Oh, I'm a puppy. (laughs) Yeah. So, what do you think of uh, Dr. Carl Malice? He's just... I mean, he's a clever idea I, that it sounds like quickly gets overburdened by the the weight of the Marvel mythos, right? He, he's really... You no, know, he's really good, like, char- a character that just kind of comes up, pops in, and does something, like, goes away. Yeah. Oh, I solved this, pro- this plot problem. Okay, cool. And, I'm and gone now. Honestly, it makes it, like, having him around the Marvel Universe kind of just makes sense. Like, he's not implausible, and, like, he's just like, well, I know how to give people superpowers, so I'm just gonna give them superpowers. That's true. And it just makes sense. It's also just why you have so many, like, professional henchmen with superpowers as well. So Yeah. It does help that explain that part of the plot. Yeah. And also, like, you know, he, he makes lots of money by giving... Uh, people superpowers for like a kind of shady wrestling company, super strength, I should say. So I like him a lot. And yeah, so uh, what do you have to plug? Um, yeah, again, if you are looking for actual plays on the cutting edge of role playing games. Go check out brokenthings.ca, where we're going to give people the inside scoop of a bunch of projects that are on the go. That's B-R-O-K-E-N-T-H-I-N-G-S dot C-A. 
Okay, my name is Jesse Cooper. If you'd like to see my cat, you can go to um, Instagram at Marvelous Mooch. Um, I have a cryptid podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids. Uh, one to three of them each episode. It's fortnightly, so twice a month. I need to edit an episode right now. Like, badly. Huh? So, um... Uh, yeah, so listen to that. Because I need more listeners for that, because I'm not... I don't have a lot of downloads on it yet. And I, I like it a lot and put a lot of work into it, so please listen to it. Um... Uh, besides that, uh, thank you so much for listening, and may Madcap show you how meaningless life truly is. Bye! Bye.